Now this week we have we have a great guest coming up, right? This and the focus on this week is all around that self reflection piece. It's all around how do you really develop the right rhythm habits so that you can be the very best sales professional you can be. Now, why am I really excited about this particular episode? Because I'm not sure if you've noticed that right now in the world there is a lot of negative um, talk about recessions and 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 you know what? It's it's having an impact, right? Companies are are doing large layoffs. There's been a whole count of organizations who have recently laid off a number of their sellers, marketers, a whole range of different roles. It's not just country specific. It's happening across multiple markets and, you know, interest rates have gone up in some countries. The, the news is really negative and, you know, if you go by what they're saying, we're, we're going to have a bit of a tough journey moving forward. But unfortunately, we can't control what's happening in the global markets, right? But fortunately, there are many things that we can control. And what I love about this particular episode, this episode is focused on everything that we can control. Now, as a sales professional that is looking forward and hearing about some of the challenges that are in front of us, it can create a bit of an anxiety, right? It can create a whole, holy crap, we've just had two years of freaking COVID and this and that and supply chain issues and talent shortages. Now we've got something else. But that's the reality. The reality is there's always going to be things that can have a negative impact on us. But if we choose, right, so there's, an, there's a choice that we have to make. Now, with all the things that we can't control, it's a great opportunity to focus on what we can. And in this particular episode, because Anna Weigand, who's an account executive at the moment with a company called BetterUp, and you'll hear a bit more about her and her background in a moment. This podcast is brought to you by the Create Pipeline program from Sales IQ Global. This program will equip you with the skills, tools, and confidence to run an outbound strategy so you can generate more qualified opportunities and close more deals. Hear what Alice from DocuSign has been able to achieve since joining the program and our incredible community. So my name's Ellis and um, I work at DocuSign as an EBR. And the, the reason I started Sales IQ was because I really needed that that guidance and that training to make sure that the outreach that I was doing was hitting the nail on the head. So I was lucky enough to, to start the program um, early on in, in this role. And since then, I've been pretty successful. And last quarter, I finished on 185%. So have um, have seen some huge results by adopting the principles. Our next cohort is starting soon. So to learn more, go to www.salesiqglobal.com. Or if you have a team of sellers, talk to us about our in-house offering. Control your pipeline, control your destiny with Sales IQ. Anna has been an athlete in, in a previous life. So before moving into sales, she was an athlete and um, also an athletics coach as well. And what I love about this conversation is Anna talks about why that self-reflection was such an important part in her role as an athlete. Looking back at videos, watching other athletes so that she could see how she could improve. And I think for most of us, one of the great things that's come from the COVID, the, you know, the COVID sort of past two years, is that everything has gone virtual, right? Yes, face-to-face -face back, and I love it. I've had some face-to-face -face meetings, but there are so many of our meetings that are happening in a virtual world and those meetings are getting recorded. Those phone calls are getting recorded. And we have now an opportunity to assess things that historically were harder to assess. 
Like previously, when you went into a sales call, right, you you drive out, go to a meeting, you couldn't really take a camera crew and say, hey, Mr. Mr. Customer, I hope you don't mind, my camera crew is just going to record this meeting, right? It was unheard of. But now you jump on, you've got Gong, you've got Chorus, you've got Fathom, you've got all these great tools, Zoom, you can just record on freaking Zoom. But how many people actually go back and review the call and actually look at, you know, did I start with an agenda? What were some of my questions? How did I wrap up the call? Did I do a next steps? And so when we think about all the things that we can't control moving forward and we've got that anxiety about what's happening in the future, I just want you to think about what can we control? And that's what this episode covers today. But getting you focused on what you can control and building the right habits so that you can weather any any economic storm that is about to occur. So I think you're going to love this episode. And the great thing about this is we're talking to someone that is out there, they're doing this stuff every single day, and they're applying it to achieve some incredible results for themselves. So I hope you take away a lot of positive outcomes from this episode to help you really be the very best sales professional you can be. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hello, how are you? Yeah, going very well. I'm pretty excited to have you on this show. I know we've had a couple of conversations prior to today, so I'm really excited to bring to life, you know, how you've brought the athletics mentality into your role as a sales professional. And I can't wait to sort of break down your rhythm and, and what you do to, to generate you know, certain results. But before we get into today's episode, I'd love um, for you to share a little bit about yourself, how you started in the wacky world of selling. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a journey that I truthfully never thought I would end up in. If you would have asked me back in college, if I wanted to work in sales, I would have laughed in your face because of that slimy sales person stigma, right? Like the used car salesman. I know everyone always thinks that. And then also I was just like, I don't know anything about business. I'm I'm going to school for advertising and public relations. Like why would I ever go into sales? So what ended up happening was I um, was an athlete, and we, we'll probably get into that in a little bit, but I was on the track and field team at my university, and I, we used this software called Huddle, which was a sports software where basically we would film our practices, our meets, then it would upload online to Huddle, and we'd be able to live and practice, review technique. I was a jumper, so that was very important. And then, yeah, just be able to get on later and, and view my, my meets. And it was an uh, amazing software and was actually actually headquartered in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is where I'm from. So I went to University of Nebraska. Huddle was based in Lincoln, Nebraska. They're big all over the um, country with, you know, college, professional, high school sports. So ended up getting an entry-level position after college at Huddle in the support department. So I was working with all of the angry, frustrated coaches when they couldn't figure out how to work something or if something was broke, they called us. And, you know, having to deal with that, imagine dealing with an angry football coach who can't get technology to work. It was not a pleasant (laughs) experience all the time, but I just had a knack for trying to make their experience the best. I love people. I'm very extroverted and social. So it was an amazing experience to be able to to communicate with them and and help people. And I ended up doing very well, like numbers wise, my obviously my engagement with the customers was great. And at that point in time, about a year and a half in our sales team was really growing. And we were about to really take off with new product launchings. And we actually hired in a new VP of sales that had worked at 
Oracle, if you're familiar with that. And I believe now he's at Chorus as their CRO. Yeah. So his name's Tiago. And he, quite frankly, just approached me. He was approaching a lot of people in the support department, seeing if they wanted to to come on board with the sales team. And I think at that point, there was only 20 sales reps. And by the time I ended up leaving, I think there was well over 100. But it was a real natural progression of just them seeing seeing in me that they think that I would be good at it. And even then I was still very nervous about it, but almost immediately I I loved it. And I learned it wasn't much different from what I was doing in in support in the aspect of like helping and communicating and having product knowledge and everything there. So, so yeah, that, that was my story. And that was, I would have been probably about 23 or 24 at that point. So continued working at Huddle the majority of my twenties. And then just recently I've moved over to, to better up and working in their sales team and and really excited about it. So. Yeah. Awesome. And you know, when you made that transition and, and there's something that you said about you know, reviewing, you know, huddle was about reviewing things. And I want to talk about that. I think that's really important. But just before we go there, when you made that transition across into sales, talk to us a bit of, a bit about some of the results you were able to achieve in that role. Yeah, yeah. I would say one of the things that separated me the most from others was just my efficiency and ability to get things done more effectively. And quite frankly, more like, quicker, I guess, quicker, I'd be able to get through more tasks quicker. And I think that a lot of that had to deal with like, first of all, like my discipline, probably to just sit down and focus and get it done. The time management skills I would take in, like planning my day appropriately to make sure I did get things done, setting goals, right? Like having tangible numbered goals daily and weekly, making sure I'm hitting those goals, not just hitting them, but going over them. And a lot of it was just like, like anything practicing, right? Like you're never going to get better if you don't get in and practice. And I remember just diving in, even feeling that those nerves and like that imposter syndrome of what am I doing? But the only way you can get over that is by just continuously showing up and and doing the things every day. And also not being afraid of failure and knowing that if you work in sales, you're going to have to embrace failure because you're going to fail and get no's and get rejected many, many, many more times than you're going to be successful. And, And that could probably come from my athletic background, just being used to that then yeah. that maybe I was more equipped to handle the nose or not get so down on myself if somebody did like get mad and hang up the phone call, right? In the middle of a yeah. cold call. So yeah, it's such an interesting concept. And I'm, I've, I was just having that conversation with a group of people that I'm coaching recently around the fact that if you're working in sales, one of the things we need to expect and we should be empowered by is the fact that we're going to get a not, we're going to get more no's than we are yeses, right? That's just a reality. And I haven't really, I haven't actually met anybody that's, you know, converts 75 to hundred percent of the opportunities they talk to. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just the reality. So I love the fact that you've, you know, you, you've identified that and you've embraced it, but already you're saying things that, I actually want to talk about, you're talking about discipline, you're talking about practice, you know, space repetition, doing things over and over and building that confidence and showing up every day. I would love to understand because you said at Huddle, you used it as an athlete. Can you talk to me about, you know, what was the process that you went through to evaluate your performance? And then how did you take that evaluation to adapt and improve you know, your, your, your athlete in, in, in what you were doing? Yeah, that, that is a great question. And, and I think the main thing is really, first of all, just 
self-reflection and self-review watching yourself literally there's no arguments when there's a video of you (laughs) doing one thing it's like you can't just you know go from you miss a lot when you're in the middle of anything whether that's a triple jump which is what I did or a sales call right like you're not going to always remember everything exactly so having those review tools to be able to go back and see that first of all it kind of checks you on on your shit a little bit yeah you know you might be lying to yourself (laughs) or something but another thing is like And this is so powerful, not just in sports, but this is why athletes do it a lot. It's just like there's a big portion of visual learning. And then after that visualization, so not just like watching yourself, but also watching like the best of the best and seeing how they do it and trying to visualize that in your mind and then being able to go go back in your head and then just continuously visualize that. I think over time, like there are neurons in your brain that will work to essentially like manifest into your reality if that makes sense like it's like you there's been studies done where like the mind is so extremely powerful and when you're really visualizing how maybe for me like how my triple jump how I wanted it to go and I'm just picturing every single move in my head I can feel my my legs striking the ground how exactly how I want it to look well that can go the same way before a cold call right like visualizing a pleasant conversation you just being in flow you you know having all the right answers and if not you're able to handle it well and, and get the right answers. And it's kind of like, yeah, build in confidence, but also there really is yeah. something um, to it that in your brain, like by visualizing at, at some point, if you're able to do it enough, it, it just, you know, kind of becomes what you visualize in your reality eventually. Yeah. So, but you, you know what? I, <laughs> I love this because I'm a big, I'm a big believer in all this stuff. I'm a big believer in, you know, what you think about each and every day you become. Mm-hmm. And it's actually hard. It's, it's a hard discipline to follow to continue that element of visualization and goal setting. And, you know, I read a recent study about the high performing athletes, the Ronaldos, the LeBron James, and they all had consistent characteristics that they, things that they did, there was a consistency. They were committed to their success. They owned their own learning, right? Mm -hmm. They surrounded themselves with people that could help them. They had a very strong network around them. Positive visualization, goal setters. I loved, I actually love those attributes because when I look at them, I'm like, well, in selling, we can do that. They're not super human strengths or superpowers. Like anyone can actually exhibit those attributes and, 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 and execute on those behaviors. And... That's what I love about what you're talking about now is, is saying, well, the review process is not just about looking at what I could do differently, but then looking at others. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the challenges for a lot of salespeople today, they've got the choruses, they've got the gongs. I mean, we've had call recordings for years, but when I talk to sellers, I'm like, how many calls did you look back on and did you calibrate this week? They're like, none. Right. Okay. Well, how, how are you then taking that opportunity to learn? Like it takes you, you could do it at start a shift, 10 minutes while you're getting your coffee, put your earphone, like put your, your headphones in, listen to the call, take a step back and go, okay, I've just realized I've been asking a lot of closed questions. Maybe the next, this morning, I'm going to focus on asking open questions. Mm-hmm. I haven't been setting an agenda. Maybe I'm going to start setting an agenda. Right. I didn't say next steps. Okay, I'm going to focus on next steps. Right. Right. And this is where I say that, especially now that the economy is taking a bit of a a turn. We all, we all, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't control, but there are so many things that we can control. And again, what I love about what you're sharing is 
owning what you can control. And I would love to also know when you when you're talking about review as the, as the athlete, was it hard to kind of put your ego aside for a moment and say, you know, because you might have felt like you did well, but then when watching it, how did you how did you work through your ego? Yeah, that that is a great question, and it's a perfect segue because. As you were talking, I was just about, you know, people not wanting to go back and review their calls or just choosing not to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it, it is hard. It's 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 extremely hard yeah. to, first of all, you know, look back on ourselves and, and get feedback because it is like anytime you give feedback, even mm-hmm. if it's good feedback that you appreciate later, our initial ego, our, our defense is, is like to get defensive. Even if you know, yeah. even if it's like, relayed perfectly if it's in a great tone like they're not being cruel to you with this feedback you're still like I still sometimes feel myself like want to like make an excuse right immediately and yeah it's just our ego is trying to protect us from the outside world of like shattering who we think we are inside right so so yeah to to your point is it's it is it's extremely hard to, to go back and review because you probably do have this idea in your head of who you are or at least who you want to be and facing that and seeing that you might not be there yet can be really hard on a lot of people I think and um, but to your point like but that's how we grow and that's the only way we yeah. get better because otherwise we're blinded to it and we keep doing the same thing over and over so for me like I said like I think it, it's a hundred percent something that can be learned and it's something that I think is easy for me to do in my sales career now because it was easy for me to do in track yeah. like it was just I just knew I was showing up every day at practice and we were going to review like that was just a part of it now to get through that is yeah there's a lot of things where I think sometimes I think especially sales reps can tie a lot of their self-worth up into them selling and their career and doing well and I think seeing or like missing a quota or watching a bad call can almost like take a stab at your identity and, and make you feel really down and I think if you can separate yourself from that and almost think of it as like a a game in a sense of just like, I don't know, just being very light and carefree about what's going on and almost like laughing at yourself. Like I know there's plenty of times where I've laughed at a call of mine because I'm like, why did you ask like, ask that like that? So like having that kind of like fun energy around it rather than the so serious energy. And also knowing that like, this is how you learn and get better and embracing that like this sucks right now, reviewing this call and like getting that feedback. But I know that this is going to be better for me down the yeah. line. Like, like what's the, what's the consequences if I don't do this? Well, I might just keep doing the same call and not yeah. book meetings and not close deals. And then maybe I get fired. So maybe if you got to think of it like that, like I got to sit here with this bad call, but I know if I adjust and like take it gracefully, then I'm going to, you know, be better and hopefully be hitting my number at some point. So, but you know, again, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm hearing is your, the, the reality is, right, again, we talk about what we can't control and we talk about what we can and you've, it's the way that you're framing things, you're reframing things to take the positive and, I, and I've often because, look, I think anybody that's worked in sales for a period of time would have gone through those highs and lows, mm-hmm. yeah? And I definitely, you know, my career, the best milestones that helped me take a big leap in my career were the moments where they were crisis moments, mm-hmm. right? They were moments where things did not go well. I lost a major deal. I was told I couldn't sell. Like there was these key moments in my career that when I look back at, 
I'm absolutely grateful for because if they didn't happen, I wouldn't be the professional I am today. 100%. And, you know, I've just turned 40 and I've got, you know, to be honest, I'm only scratching the surface of what I've learned. And this is what I love about what we do and in, in the sales and marketing is that I've got so much opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. yeah? And, but we've got to be open to it. And so, you know, this is why I think for many sales professionals, that term reinventing themselves and constantly looking at how can I reinvent myself every day because I bring that fresh perspective. How do you make sure that, because you talk about showing up every day, how do you, you know, make sure that when you turn up to work each and every day, you're bringing that fresh perspective so that you can use each day as a learning? Yeah, that is a great question. And a lot of what you're saying where I was reading an article the other day about like future minded leadership. And this isn't just like management, just like being a leader in whatever you're doing. And they say like people are thriving the most when they do have this forward thinking, almost hopeful, optimistic mindset. But um, this isn't like toxic positivity or anything like that. It's just like, listen, like, let's control what we can control. And what I can control is what I'm going to do today or this week or, or this month. So for me, it's really easy and this is why New Year's resolution goals like don't don't end up working is because yeah, yeah. you set them at the beginning of the year and then there's no like rechecking in with yourself or tracking or adjusting or asking for help, as you said. And so for me, like to make sure that I'm hitting my goals and this isn't just like sales goals. This is like life goals. Like I have goals yeah. at the end of the at the beginning of the year that I want for many different things. And so I, like I am on a monthly, weekly, daily basis, like checking in on those and seeing where I'm at. And you know, if it's if there's tangible numbers to compare, that's great. I can tell if I'm like on track or not. But just making sure I'm doing that. And then when you're chunking them down to like the daily and weekly goals, like Mm -hmm. hitting those off creates the motivation for you for you to keep going and also lets you know, like, hey, I'm not hitting this. Like, why is that? Do I need to go back and reevaluate? As you said, like, do I need to like, take a second and maybe re look at what I'm doing? And I'm a big believer if if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it like if if it's working for you and going well keep going but like I am also a big believer that that thing that was working at some point will probably stop working and you just have to be honest with yourself there and that's where yeah like having a community of people around you like coworkers and managers and asking for that help and dropping the ego is going to be huge because you don't need to do everything the same as this person but maybe you like a little thing that you know Sally over here does. And then maybe like a little thing Johnny over here does. And one of the things that I always do when I start a new like career or go on a new team is I try to meet with like all the AEs that have been there. And I ask them like, what works best for them? How do they organize their day? And I will get all of what they say they do. And I'll take the things that I like from each of them and almost, you know, and then apply my own things and and build and and try things out. So um, yeah, I think just being open-minded that that your way as you said like we think we know it all and then there's a point where we realize like the more you learn is when you realize you don't know it all like there's this point where you do a little bit of research and you're like I think I'm good and then you keep going and then you're like oh no (laughs) I don't even know a fraction of what I need to know so so yeah just that open-mindedness like optimism and knowing that like hey like you don't you weren't put on this earth to like live and and do everything yourself like people and resources around you for a reason, grab those because that's what the most successful people are doing. So, yeah, 
That's awesome. I mean, I love that. But I also love the way that you're talking. You're not talking about the outcome. Like you're saying, hey, I've got some goals, but you're not focusing on the outcome of those goals. You're actually focusing on the things that you can control each and every day, Mm -hmm. like looking at these are the things that I've got to do, the micro steps that allow me to get to the outcome. And I often talk about that with sellers to say the focusing on the result is the absolute wrong focus because you can't control the result, mm-hmm. but you can control that the things that you do each and every day that lead you to that result. And when we, when we, when we focus on those activities, when we focus on the things we can control, all of a sudden it makes it easier for us to attain that result, right? So it's a, I love the concept. So tell us, in your role at the moment, you're an AE, you're performing really well. What does a day in life, like how do you structure your day and how do you make sure that at the end of the day you're getting the most out of the time that you're putting into your job? Yeah, yeah. So for sales, first things first is like, I think sales reps, myself included, I used to get like this. You could have... 15 million things to do in a day. You could be like, oh, I want to go over here and do this and research this company. I want to go over here and do this. And like, there's so many things that you could do and all of them are good. Um, But at the end of the day, like you have to ask yourself, like what are revenue generating activities? Because as you said, that's what's going to build the pipeline. That's what's going to eventually hopefully lead to the closes. And so what would those main things be? I would say just off the top of my head as one prospecting, especially if you're in a prospecting role as an AE or an SDR, I guess, but prospecting for sure. So you got to build it. And then your pipeline that you have, like making sure you're, you're nurturing that. So without a doubt, like I make those two things a non-negotiable every part of my day. And if I can get it done at the beginning of the day, just so it's done and I know it's, it's good, then that that's great. So I think it's really just like being honest with yourself and asking yourself, like same thing with any type of goal for me. I'm like, I know that if I don't get my workout done in the morning, I'm not going to do it. So I get my workout done in the morning and it's like you, you get, you become aware if you're aware to where you're thriving the most at what time, like you can almost like plan your schedule to work for you in a sense. Like, you know, like if I work out in the morning, I'm done. I don't have to stress about it. I'm going to be clear minded for it. And then, you know, if I know if I don't get my prospecting done in the morning, then I'm probably not going to do it in the, you know, the afternoon or maybe it's flipped. Right. So I think the main thing is like, I ask myself, what are the three most important things that I need to get done today that are, is going to move me to that long-term goal. After that, I can fill in the blanks of all the things here and there that I need. Thankfully at BetterUp, there are a lot of meetings all the time. They get thrown on your calendar like crazy, but they embrace, like our CEO literally says, if you don't feel like you, you're needed in a meeting, it's okay to say no. And if you are needed, they'll let you know and then you go. But if not, then clear it out and get your stuff done. So being able to say no about that. So. That's a great concept, you know. I actually love that because mm-hmm. I often – but, you know, what? I just – again, I want to go back because I, I do want our listeners to really take away because I think especially we, we've, we've really changed the last two years. This hybrid work, a lot of us are still working from home you know, apart from the folks at Tesla that have to go back to work. Um, <laughs> most um, companies have embraced the fact that this working from home model is here to stay. And I think that's presented a few challenges for people because your distractions, you've got a lot more distractions. And mm-hmm. what I heard you talk about at the part to start was around really making sure you've got the focus. But I love the fact that you said, I tackle the three biggest things, you know, and, and, and again, 
I'm like you. If I don't get my training done in the morning, I actually don't – I haven't got as much clarity. Yep. I feel foggier. 100%. Um, I haven't got the same levels of enthusiasm or energy. And then I know that even if I do it at night, first and foremost, I hate training at night. Like I actually <laughs> don't deep. enjoy it. And then I'm like – I don't feel the same intensity and I don't feel great. I tick it because I tick the box, but then I'm ticking the box. I'm not actually enjoying it, right? So, mm-hmm. again, personally, I think there's so much benefits. But I'm like you. I tell people, hey, what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you. You've got to come up with your own operational rhythm, your own rhythm, right? But, again, I just love the fact that you talk about revenue-raising activities, what's moving the needle, mm-hmm. getting the big task around prospecting done early, focusing on the nurturing and then working on other things that might not be revenue generating outcomes. So I absolutely love that. And when you feel that you're not on track, what do you do to make a change? Because again, I think a lot of us know, I talk to hundreds of salespeople, I train hundreds a week and most know what they need to do, Mm -hmm. but there are many that struggle to actually do it. Right. So when you find yourself in that position where you've like, right, these are the things I need to do. And then you look back and go, fuck, this isn't happening. Mm -hmm. What do you do to get yourself back on track? Yeah. So it's interesting because so the motivation, right? Like it's very easy for us to get when we get inspired or something like we can get motivation before we actually do a task when it comes to like, New Year's, like a transition or a birthday or a new job or, you know, coming back from a vacation, whatever, like those, those moments in time will randomly generate motivation. But the majority of the time, motivation doesn't usually come until after you've done it a few times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes I just tell myself with like, whether it's running or prospecting, I'm like, just do just like do three calls three calls. And if it's really like, if you're really hating it, then quit. But usually then I start getting into flow and I have that motivation because maybe one of those three calls was a good call and I created an opportunity or I I scheduled a first meeting and that's super exciting. And then there sparks the motivation and then the, the excitement to continue. Same thing for running, like in the morning, I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, well, just like put your clothes on that are sitting right next to it. Like put your shoes on. And if you really don't want to go, then you can take them off. And then it's like at that point, you're like, well, I bet you might as well go. Or maybe I run for five minutes, right? Like that's what kind of yeah. sparks you into action. Action is usually what creates that consistent motivation. But it is hard. Yeah. Like I'm telling you as a, like I'd like to say very disciplined person. It is still very hard for me. I'm not going to pretend like I am the master at this, but it is. It's it's just one of those things where it's like you have to almost put yourself in the future and be like, okay, like I really don't want to do this now, but how am I going to feel at the end of the quarter yeah. when I'm nowhere near my goal? And I think back to moments like this, and I'm going to be really, really disappointed in myself and all the times that I chose not to when it was very easily, you know, I was able to do it in that moment. So yeah. those are a lot of things. I, I tend to like remind myself of when I'm feeling like that. Well, I've had just I've just had a good aha. I need to tell myself that when I'm about to eat that block of chocolate, right? I need to say, <laughs> how am I going to feel after? So yes. <laughs> maybe I'll avoid you know, binging on that chocolate. But hey, I really enjoyed our conversation yeah. today, and I think again, you're not coming, you know, at this topic from you know a place where it's theory. You you actually practice what you preach. You've done a whole lot of positive things from an athletics perspective. You transferred that 
that skill set, that discipline, that desire and motivation into a career in sales and your pathway for sale for selling is, is, is amazing. So I just want to say thanks for, for being a guest in our podcast. But before we wrap up, where can our listeners find and engage with you? Yeah, yeah. I would say LinkedIn is like my main spot lately. I, I post pretty consistently yep. on there. I do a weekly insights video. Um, probably going to start posting a lot more around Better Up since I just started yep. and once I learn a little bit more there. But yeah, if you want to follow me at Anna Wygant, and I'm sure you'll put my name in there so they can learn how to spell it, but that's a great Make spot. It easy for our listeners. It'll be in the show notes. We'll put a link. <laughs> So yeah, I just want to say thanks very much for, and I love the insights that you share every week. Thank um, you. Your yeah. video pops up. I'm like, great. It's, you know, it's engaging. So, well, you know, for all of our listeners, please do connect um, with that. Please check out her content. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks for, for jumping on the podcast because your content is helping the sales professionals, you know, really elevate and be the best they can be. Awesome. I thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation, Luigi. 